Good morning. <laughs> Would you turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2? 1 Peter is toward the end, right after Hebrews. 1 Peter chapter 2. I had originally de- uh, planned to preach on Jonah chapter 2, but um, things got turned around, so then I had to whip this up. So, we're going to look at New and Old Testament sacrifices this morning. <laughs> Not now, did he? <laughs> okay. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 says, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, first, yeah, 1 Peter 2, verse 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are built up as a priest, spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for this day. And I just pray that you would be with us this morning. Guide and direct us through your word. And show us how to be a living sacrifice for you. In Jesus' name, amen. In ancient times... Pagan sacrifices were given to the pagan gods as spiritual food. Really, more like human food. Human sacrifices were given to the pagan god Baal in in Jeremiah 19.5. Old Testament sacrifices were given to please God. And you know, if you study the Bible, you'll see that in the very, very beginning. What's the first sacrifice given to God? Does anybody know? Genesis. Genesis 4. Cain and Abel. In the fourth chapter of the very beginning of the Bible, a sacrifice is given to God to please God. You always brought something to God. And we see that. Even Noah and Abraham offered up sacrifices. Joseph, Joseph and Mary gave a sacrifice when Jesus was born. Does anybody know what it was? Two pigeons. Yeah. And, or if you couldn't give two pigeons, you gave two doves. Most people gave a lamb when the firstborn was was, uh, delivered, eight days after. But um, you gave a sacrifice. And the reason we know Joseph and James, Joseph and James, uh, Joseph and Maria were poor was because they uh, two doves or, or two pigeons that was that was the the minimum that was the cheapest so they, they they gave out of their poverty they didn't have much the priest would kill the animal and the reason they would kill the animal was because the blood was essential why is the blood essential because the life is in the blood and This was God's way of atoning for man's sin. The priest would lay their hands on the animal, and that animal would be sacrificed. The man's sin was was transferred to that animal by the laying on of hands. So that was very common. The animal became the substitute, and the sacrifice was God's way of atoning or washing away of sin. And if you read the Old Testament, you'll be amazed how much sacrifice was given. 
It is, and then there's all kinds of sacrifice. I'm not even, I, I was studying it. There's 10 pages in my, in my uh, book of, of different kinds of the burn offering, the, the, uh, the uh, fruit offering, the cereal offering, all these offerings. And that's all under one. There's three main systems, but it is complicated. I mean, there is a lot of bloodshed given. But now that we are born again, and washed in the perfect blood of Jesus, we are to offer up sacrifices that reflect our New Testament life. And that's what I, I saw here. Offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is, this is our sacrifice that we're giving now as Christians. Not on the altar like they did in the Old Testament, but through the way we live. Spiritual sacrifices. So, I... I, I I found four New Testament sacrifices and one Old Testament sacrifice. Turn to Romans 12.1. You probably all know this. Everybody's heard this verse. Romans 12.1. Anybody there? Romans 12.1. The very first verse says, I appeal to you, brethren... By the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a what? Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your living, which is your reasonable service or spiritual service in a different version. So we're supposed to give our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. I was going to go on and do a word study and do all this. You know what? The best way to, to explain this is through an example. You'll remember that more. David Livingston was a missionary born in Scotland in 1843. At an early age, he made a commitment to Christ. He said, Lord, send me where you want to go. Only go with me. At the age of nine, he memorized the entire 119th Psalm. Does anybody know how many verses are in that Psalm? It's the largest Psalm. 176 verses. At the age of nine, he memorized it. He was a student of the Word. He, he wanted to recognize the primacy of God's Word. So he, he memorized the whole psalm. At, at about that time, he got on his knees and he prayed, Lord, send me any, anywhere you want me to go, only go with me. Lay any burden on my heart, only sustain me. Sever any ties with the ties that bind me to your service and to your kingdom. Then the verse came to him, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That was his heart. He had a desire to go and do a missionary work. He married a missionary daughter named Mary Moffat, and they had several children. But the poor woman suffered want and deprivation due to the many years of the horrible conditions that she and her husband endured in Africa. Then they lost one of their children, and she completely lost her health. Finally, she told David that she needed to go back and recuperate, or she would die there. She wouldn't make it. He understood. He loved her dearly, and he said, Goodbye. Can you imagine how hard it is being out in the mission field by yourself? They corresponded by mail for years. Five years later, he returned 
back to London. And he wrapped his arms around her. And she didn't recognize him. She had to stand back and look at him. He had changed. His face had become burned from the sun. His body wasn't prepared to take all that sun. It became like leather. Have any of you touched leather? Go touch Sam's vest. You'll, you'll see what that leather feels like. There's a granite. I, I love it. It's called leather granite. Regular granite is usually pretty smooth, but there's a granite called leather granite, and the way they do it, it's, 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 it's beautiful, but it's rough. It's a little rough. One of his eyes were blinded because he walked into the branch of a tree. Be careful when you're out there, Hector. <clears throat> he had lost the use of one of his shoulders because it got mauled by a lion. And he walked with a, a limp. This man, here he is, a missionary, one eye blind, one news, walked with a limp, and couldn't really use one arm. When he had to shoot, he had to shoot with, one, with the left hand and his left eye. Usually, you know, you, you go like this, but he, he, because he couldn't protect him, so he had to do it like, like that, you know, and with this eye. And when his wife saw him, after these five years, her eyes welled up with tears because it had taken such a toll on his body. Everybody wanted to meet him because he was a pioneer and a missionary, uh, medical missionary. When he arrived in Africa in 19, 1841, it was, exo- it was exotic as it was undiscovered. It was like outer space. It was called, nicknamed, the Dark Continent or the White Man's Grave. He told his wife, after he came back home, that he still had a burden for Africa. And she said, go, go ahead and go, but give me more time. I'll meet you there. He accepted it. She joined him later. And the very day she arrived in Africa, she contracted that disease that made her sick the first time. And she died shortly thereafter. As they lowered her body in the ground, a witness heard him say, My Jesus, my King, my life and my all, I consecrate my life to you again. I place no value in anything I possess or anything I do, except in relation to your kingdom and to your service. And that verse came to him, Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Some person played a mean prank on him and had taken his medicine. Can you imagine this man's all racked up? All, his body is racked with pain and he couldn't find his medicine. Someone had taken it. And he got down on his knees and he prayed, God, you said you would be with me, even to the end of the age. I need that medicine. I, I'm in pain right now. Help me. Help me, God. And as he was praying, he heard the footsteps of somebody coming towards him. And he looked up, and there was journalist Henry Stanley. Henry Stanley had been sent to Africa to find him because... He, he was a journalist, and, and the New York Times, I think it was, Post something, wanted to know what was going on. No one had heard from him for years. Henry Stanley uttered the famous words, Dr. Livingston, I presume? And, yes, that's me. And he got up, and, and he says, I, I have some things for you, and one of them is some medicine that somebody gave me to bring you. And 
Dr. Livingston said, give me the medicine. <laughs> and he was there for about a year recording everything that uh, David Livingston was doing. And it was time to go back. And he said, Dr. Livingston, come back with me. Come back with me. You're, you're in no, no shape to stay here. Return with me. Here we got the boat right there. Let's go. And Dr. Livingston said, no. He stayed. I have to carry on. They used to carry. He couldn't walk anymore. Forget his eye, his shoulder, his, his face. He couldn't walk anymore. And they carried him on a cot from village to village because he couldn't walk anymore. And he died in Africa from dysentery and malaria on May 1st, 1873, at the age of 60. Dr. Livingston is a great example of offering your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. So the first one is the sacrifice of your body. The second sacrifice, if you turn to Philippians 4.15, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians 4.15. Steve, can you read that for us loud? Give me a second. Okay, please. 4.15 to uh, 18. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs uh, once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment, and more I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. The second sacrifice is that of generosity. The church of Philippi was close to Paul. They were the ones who were sending him support. Paul was their missionary. And Paul is writing to thank them for their support, even in, in, at Thessalonica. In the Old Testament, a priest would offer uh, a, a, a sacrifice on the altar, and as it burned, the smoke would ascend up as a sweet fragrance. Have any of you barbecued? And when you put that meat on, you hear the... It's, it's, it's getting seared, and you see that smoke going up. Or when you open up the, the top and you... It smells good. It's that sweet smell. It's a delight to the senses. And when the Bible says you give with the right motives, it's not just an offering or a donation. It's a sacrificial offering with a sweet smell to God. It, it sends up. The smoke goes up. Even in the, the incense, as the, as the smoke went up, it was, it was a sweet fragrance to God. That's what our generosity is as a sacrifice. You have all know the story of the, the poor widow in Luke 21 when she gave the two mites. She gave all she had, but she gave sacrificially from what she couldn't afford. And it's easy to give when you have a lot. It's hard to give when you don't have very much. There's a story of the pig and the cow. The pig was complaining to the cow, Why does everybody like you? Nobody likes me. The pig like... Why, why everybody like you? And I, the pig said, I give, I give bacon and ham. They, they even use my skin as bristles. And, and they even pickle my feet. 
And the cow said, hmm, maybe it's because I give while I'm alive. And the, the pig was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. We got to give while we're alive. Giving while you're alive. Acts 20, 20, 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, each one of us must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a what? Cheerful. A cheerful giver. And that's what God desires. That's a sacrifice. We give our, the sacrifice of our bodies, the sacrifice of our generosity. Thirdly, the sacrifice of our praise. Turn to Hebrews 13, 15. Keep going toward the back. First and Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews 3, 13, 15. 13, 15. Are you there, Mike? Yep. 13, 15. Go ahead, brother. Just 15. That is the fruit of this, Amen. The third sacrifice is the sacrifice of our praise. What we did this morning, the sacrifice of praise. We, it's the fruit of our lips. It's our singing that gives thanks, glory, worship, commendation to God. It's pro- public, not private. And, you know, you can only really give praise if you're a Christian. I never really thought about that. I would go to church when I was lost and sing, but I really wasn't giving praise. Because you know why? You can't praise an empty throne. Christ has to be on that throne, and that's who you're giving your praise to, to God. And this is the sacrifice of praise. The Bible says we are commanded to praise God. Is it only when you're happy? Only when you're in a good mood? Only when you're content? No, even when you're down, even when you're going through difficulty. David wrote many of the Psalms. And in Psalm 142, he's writing this Psalm while he's being chased by King Saul, who's trying to kill him. And don't turn to it, but verse 3 says, My spirit faints within me. David was exhausted, fainted like you're getting ready to die. He's being chased. Saul wants to kill him. He has hundreds of soldiers looking through these caves. And then in verse 5 it says, David cries out, You are my refuge, you are my portion. Wow, that's a strong, strong verse right there. Verse 6, Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. David is still praising God as he's going through this trial. Verse 7, Bring me out of my prison that I may give thanks to your name. Which, what was his prison? The cave. He's hiding from King Saul. And he's, he says, deliver me from my prison. He is going through a tough time and David is still praising God. Are you going through a trial? Are you going through a tough time? Praise God and give thanks to God. Just like uh, David says, I will praise you. God is good. He will deliver you. I think as Americans, we just don't like to suffer. (laughs) We don't like suffering. We don't like sacrificing our bodies. We don't like sacrificing our generosity. We don't like sacrificing our praise. The Balkan rose is the most flagrant flower in the world, but its fragrance doesn't peak until midnight. 
That's why the workers don't even start work until midnight in the, uh, at that time to go out and pick the flower. It has been proven scientifically that the flower loses 40% of its fragrance during the day. During the late night hours is when the rose gives its most pleasing aroma. We should always praise God, even in our darkest time, because that's when our praise is most fragrant. Wow, that's, that's neat to know. And as I was studying this, I found out that Chanel and Dior, and there's another one, uh, these, uh, they own a lot of these flowers and the rose oils that they pull from this. I never knew that. Jesus, during his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, is walking in. And as he's walking, the, it says the multitude of his disciples were getting excited. And they're laying down their coats and everything. And they start shouting, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest. And then some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and told them, If these, weren't silent, if these were silent, even the stones would cry out. Ha! Ah, can you imagine that? The stones... Man, that is the sacrifice of praise. Like the Bible says in Ephesians, we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. So there's, here's three sacrifices that we're supposed to give as New Testament Christians. The sacrifice of our bodies, the sacrifice of our generosity, and the sacrifice of our praise. It, you know, it's important when you come to church on Sunday and we sing, to sing, you know, I see sometimes people just, you know, sing. Give the sacrifice of praise. You're smiling and laughing because you know it's true. You know it. Sing, praise, worship God. You know, sometimes people even raise their hands like this. You know what that means? It means I surrender. It means I surrender. Usually it's with the hands like this if you surrender. But, you know, as Christians, we, we go like, I surrender. You got it? You got it. It means I surrender. And that's what you're doing when you're praising God. You're giving him the praise, the worship, you know. Fourthly, the sacrifice to do good and to share. The very next verse, uh, who has it? Go ahead, brother. Loud. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Doing good and sharing. You know, this is this explains itself. <laughs> do I need to explain this and expound this? Helping someone who is in need. When I was uh, trying to fix my front door, I had this screen that I had bought. I and I had asked a couple of of uh, people. Uh, what are they called? Carpenters, you know, come and help me. They couldn't fix it. So I said, who can I ask? Who knows about this stuff? And I asked Ken. And Ken came and gave me a hand. He helped me with my screen door. Helping somebody doing, is doing good. Uh, whenever somebody sometimes needs a hand, I, I had a friend that needed some work with his house. I gave him a hand, and I helped him unload all these bricks right in front of my house. Here I am, I have a bad back, but I'm tonto, and I go and help people when, when I see a need. You know, and, and to this day, we're still friends. He remembers the first time we met, and I did that. 
Uh, I had a friend who needed help with a computer monitor. Before, I didn't know anything about computers. Now I know how to set them up, and she needed help. No, her computer monitor wasn't working. I drove three hours, went and helped her fix it, <laughs> came back. You know, you help people. You hook it up. You know, you try to help them. I remember when we had a men's breakfast here, and right after the men's breakfast, we all went and helped Jerry when he opened up his new deli. There, were, there was almost 25 people. There was more than 20 people. And we all went to go help Jerry. We cleaned, we swept, we mobbed. We got ready for that grand opening of his new restaurant on Broadway. I don't know if any, was anybody here that remembers that, that went? Six of you? Six years ago. Six years ago. Yeah. No, I think it was, oh, it was 13? Wow. We all went right afterwards. And I remember I was very proud. I, it was one of my proud moments that we all went together as a group to help this brother who was getting ready to, the next day. Um, I remember I wanted, I, I wanted some Keith Green music, and I couldn't find it. And I'm not, if you know me, I'm not very good with, with uh, all that stuff. Um, and Steve gave me a gift card to get some Keith Green music. And I was like, wow, this is cool. How do you use this card? Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Believe me, brother, call me. If you want to talk to me, call me. Don't send me no text or email. The best way is call me. Um, I like barbecue, and I don't know if some of you know that. And sometimes when it's just me and you, there's too much. And so I've been doing, and I'm, I'm tired of leftovers. So I, a lot of times I'll take some of the, the food that I make, and I'll take it to a neighbor, you know, and say, hey, here's some, here's some food. And, you know, just trying to do good and to share what I have, you know, and people, oh, they're happy. Cooking for the men's breakfast, helping, helping out Mario and cleaning up, that's doing good. That's sharing. Um, the, the people that come in on Sunday and prepare all the food for us after service, that's sh doing good and sharing. Cleaning up when the church needs help cleaning and people come, that's doing good and sharing. Can you think of something? People in the sound booth, singers, singers ushering, mm -hmm. all that. And when we're teaching, whoever brings up the glass of water. <laughs> the glass of water. That's biblical, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, but sometimes, you know, you see an old lady need help, you know, go help them. You know, sometimes you see people that just, they just need a hand. Everybody, you know, and that kind of is a great testimony to help those in need, helping people that are struggling. So, St. Francis of Assisi, at the end of his life, left one simple command for his friends. It's in Latin. Dum tempus habemus operamor bonum. While we have time, let us do good. That's one of the last things he said. While we have time, let us do good. Galatians 6.10, turn, uh, you, you can go ahead and turn to it. Galatians 6.10, right after 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians 6.10. says, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. 
That is doing good. The Bible even tells us that this is a responsibility to the church. You know, you know I know we don't want to do, do sometimes things, out, get out of our comfort zone, but do good to everybody and especially to those who are in the church. And so here we have four New Testament sacrifices. Sacrifice of our body, sacrifice of our generosity, sacrifice of our praise, and lastly, the sacrifice to do good and to share. But there's one more. Psalm 51, if you would turn to it. Psalm is right in the middle of your Bible. And this psalm is about David. And what God wants from us is the sacrifice of a broken and contrite heart. A broken and contrite heart. All of these other four sacrifices, New Testament sacrifices, they're good. And they're pleasing to God. But if God has your heart, He has everything. That's why this one is the most important. Verses 15 to 17. Who's there? Go ahead, Mario. Loud. 15 to 17. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight the sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Mm. That's important. And there's three steps that are important. The first step is contrition. Verse um, 17. A broken and contrite heart. Contrition. What this means is to feel crushed. Have any of you ever really felt crushed? Um, it, it's a, it's you going feeling crushed. I remember I was going out with this girl when I was in high school, and um, she uh, she broke up with me. I was crushed. You know, as you're young, you don't you know you're thinking this is your love of your life, and I remember crying by myself, sitting alone in the living room. And about 10 o'clock, my mom had come home from work. And I was in, my, in the living room with tears in my eyes. And she came and asked me what was wrong. And I told her, and she comforted and consoled me. But I was crushed so bad. I was so brokenhearted because I really liked this girl. You know, she, that's crushed. Really feeling bad about something that, you know, you care about. So the first step is contrition, being brokenhearted. The second step is confession, verse 3 and 4. Psalm 51, 3 and 4. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Stop right there. So confession, what does confession mean? It means to acknowledge, to agree with, to tell God, I have sinned. I acknowledge that. I, I admit it. And we always have to have confession. Even in our daily lives, we have to confess every, every morning our sin. And the third step is the cleansing. First step is contrition. Second step is confession. Third step is cleansing. Look at verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 9. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out 
all my iniquities. Ten, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. The Bible saying cleansing is important. It's necessary for us to truly be repentant, to be uh, agree with and acknowledge our sin, and then to be washed from that, to be cleansed so we can move on. And 1 John 1.7 says, The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So here are the, those are the five sacrifices. The word worship also means to serve. This is the most ancient definition of the word. We serve God and the church with the sacrifice of our bodies, the sacrifice of generosity, the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice to do good and to share, and the sacrifice of a broken and contrite heart. This is how we live. This is how we worship. This is how we give to God by these sacrifices in our lives. Let us pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us as men to glorify and honor you with our lives. Help us to sacrifice our lives, Lord. Give us hearts that are broken, contrite, and cleanse us and wash us, Lord, that we can do what honors and glorifies you. Thank you for this time this morning. Thank you for these men that came out. Pray, God, that we will give you the sacrifice of praise always, whatever we're going through. In Jesus' name, and all the men said, Amen. Amen.